0: the name of God who has made us and who loves us and keeps us. Amen. Away with him. Crucify him. We have no king but the emperor. We read the part of the crowd as though we were among them that day filling the streets of Jerusalem, shouting for Jesus to die. The story doesn't say whether anyone remembered why there were palm branches underfoot or that they had called Jesus their king with shouts of, Hosanna, save us. We sometimes read other parts as well when we tell this story on Palm Sunday. We sometimes read other parts, not the crowd, but particular people, as though we were those characters in the story Judas betraying his friend, Peter denying him, Herod hoping for a show, Pilate not wanting to get involved, a criminal asking for forgiveness, a centurion seeing clearly, but too late. Still others in the story don't always have lines, but their actions speak volumes. Caiaphas pronouncing judgment, Simon bearing someone else's burden, the beloved disciple watching, Mary weeping, Joseph and Nicodemus finding courage when everyone else is afraid. We know these people from telling their story year after year. In the Passion, according to Matthew, Mark, or Luke on Palm Sunday, according to John on Good Friday, we know them as though we were among them, as though we were them. And in fact, We are them. In our own lives, we have betrayed trust. We have feigned ignorance. We have abandoned someone who needed us to stay near. We have made the expedient choice instead of the faithful one. We have protected our own power at someone else's expense. We have allowed injustice to unfold in front of us and done nothing to stop it. We are in this story. For as our Savior said, when we do these things to others, we do them to him. We weren't there, but we are here where we are the disciples, the religious authorities, and political leaders, and friends, and mothers, where we are always part of some crowd. Now, there is another part in the story, of course. We know it, too. And though someone often reads the part on Palm Sunday, we aren't as inclined to find ourselves in it as we are for so many of the other characters. Stay awake with me. Not this cup. Your will be done, Jesus says in one or another of the Gospels. I am he. Father, forgive them. My God, why have you forsaken me? This is incarnation. Whether one is the Son of God or someone like you or me, this is incarnation. To have a body, to have hands and feet and a brain and a beating heart is to be marvelous and to be vulnerable. To get tired. To feel alone. To be afraid to suffer pain, to thirst. That's our story. And in Jesus Christ, God was there, taking on our part. In the Passion Gospel, whether we speak its words aloud or listen as they fall around us, there is always a place for us. Perhaps since last year's Holy Week, we have stayed by the side of someone who is dying. Perhaps we have become separated from someone who was a friend. Perhaps we ran away from something hard but important. Perhaps we embraced it. The Passion Gospel, filled as it is with human frailty and failing, filled with Christ's own sweat and agony and blood, the Passion Gospel convicts us for the crosses that we have imposed. And it comforts us for the crosses that we carry. For God knows how heavy they are. So we play the same parts in the Passion, year after year, day after day for that matter, over and over and over again, rehearsing the same words and actions, the same good intentions, the same doubts and fears that, in John's rendering of the Gospel, result in Jesus carrying his cross through this world alone. But then the part Of Jesus in John's gospel is different. There's no agony in the garden, no kiss from Judas. There's no Herod, no crying out on the cross. And John does not mean that Jesus did not suffer. It is just that there is something else also happening something that helps us dare to call this terrible day good. Indeed, it is in the midst of the very worst of his suffering that Jesus looks out and, seeing the suffering of those whom he loves, their grief, their pain, their helplessness, he urges them toward each other. Here is your son. Here is your mother. They know nothing yet of resurrection, only the cross. But there, in its grim shadow, something new (coughs) begins. A family that is more than blood kin, a community of compassion of suffering with, of mutual care and belonging. In his living, and even as he was dying, Jesus gave them, gave us, a new way to live, no longer stuck in our separate parts, but bound together by his love for us, for all of us in the passion of Christ, in the suffering of others, in the suffering of the world. We read, we live, the part of Peter sometimes, Pilate sometimes, Judas sometimes, the crowd all too often. But in another gospel, from the cross, Jesus says, forgive them, They know not what they do. What if, then, forgiven? Instead of the parts we usually play, we read, we lived the part of the body of Christ, loving one another as we have been loved, forgiving one another, meeting each other in our vulnerability, in our places of pain, and caring for each other there. This is the gospel, the good news of Good Friday. When they saw that Jesus was dead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. More poet than biographer here. John bears witness to Christ's suffering and death, but also to that community that would become Christ's living body by blood and water, Eucharist and baptism, love incarnate, embodied. If we are to remember his death and enter his life, writes the Reverend Sarah Miles, we must take up in a new way the familiar human cross of being a son, a mother, a friend, We must turn to and claim each other, neighbors, strangers, enemies, and refuse to be separated because no one, she writes, no one is outside the family for whom Jesus was willing to be betrayed into the hands of sinners and suffer death upon the cross. He has given us to one another. Let us love one another as he has loved us. Good Friday preachers are warned not to move too quickly to resurrection, but rather to stay at the cross, to acknowledge the reality of the pain that we cause and experience. But it is also at the cross that Jesus himself encourages us to practice our new part, moving toward one another being present with each other and with Christ in the place of deepest pain and vulnerability, forgiving and accepting forgiveness, suffering with each other and loving one another as we have been loved. It is not resurrection yet, but there is life in this death. And anyway, John has already given away the ending. At the start, Of the whole story. The light shines in the darkness, he wrote in the very first chapter of his gospel. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness, even death, did not overcome it. Amen.